0: Hey, what's going on Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Just a couple of best friends and Clipper credential media
1: folks bringing you Locked On Clippers before every Clippers-Lakers matchup? If it happens on Monday through Friday, we do. Uh, 7 a.m. every single week that you can start your day with Locked On Clippers. Kill some windshield time. Let's dive into how we need to make things happen against the team across the hall. Absolutely. In a game that's becoming increasingly
0: important for the standings, uh, Clippers are taking on the Lakers. Home game for the Clippers, which, you know, there's that. Uh, But we're going to get into what we need to do well to win that one, as well as what could go wrong. And then, it's Thirsty Thursday. Look, every single Thursday, Chuck and I like to talk about what we're thirsty for. What we'd like to see more of, you know? Uh, And this one, uh, look, there was kind of a bombshell piece from The Athletic uh, that they're the Clippers are willing to move a combination of veterans and forwards to make a move at the guard, possibly. Uh, an unheralded name in Nico Batum was brought up Whoa. in those talks. We're going to talk uh, all about this. Uh, and then we'll also be talking just about the trade deadline in general, as well as Chuck has a great note in here about the Winslow, Kennard and Hart yeah, in some stat talk a little bit. So we'll get into that. And then in shavings, which is just kind of where we wrap up everything else, has been a little while since we've gotten a PG Elbow update. Sure. Uh, We had gotten some scuttlebutt previously. Not sure if that's going to hold true, but we'll talk about that. And then also, the Clippers launched a basketball (laughs) academy for kids. We were not invited. (laughs) So all that and more coming up right about now.
1: You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, so Clippers-Lakers. Getting the Lakers on the second night of a back-to-back. They're playing the Pacers. Excuse me, not the Pacers, the Blazers. Um, Right on when we're recording this. Clippers injuries. Jay Scrub is out with turf toe, which is unfortunate. Silly name for an injury, but it really does hurt. Not a fungus. Not a fungus, as I thought when I was younger. Um, Zoo is questionable. The sore right calf. Mm. Hope he's at 100% if he comes back. You called that on the sleeve. uh, Yeah. In that game, you were like, huh, what's going on with the sleeve there? And then he just (laughs) missed at least one game. Just out. Um, Lakers injuries so LeBron out for the game versus the Blazers he would list as his doubtful kind of some weird vagueness going on there he said that like he's going to explore all his options with his knee Vogel said they're moving in the right direction who knows what's happening
0: Yeah, I don't think he'll play I mean this kind of reminds me of was it eighteen nineteen where it was like, oh
1: god, he was Lebron was
0: questionable or out or whatever, and then like minutes before <laughs> he just his tip off, play. it was like
1: he's gonna play. Yeah, it was annoying. <clears throat> um, what we need to do well in this one, Will? What do we got to do well?
0: Uh well, I, I I'm hoping that we can get some guys uh, to get it going from three. I'm I'm hoping that this could be a Luke Kennard kind of bounce back game. He only had the one down game, so sure. it's not like it's a whole lot to bounce <laughs> back from. Right. It'd also be nice to see Marcus Morris have a good one in this. I I don't know that we've talked about this enough. He's kind of been all over the place over the last five games. He was uh, shot 0% most recently. He was 0 of 3. 33% before that, just 2 of 6. 0% on 0 of 4 previous to that. And then games at 67% and 60%. Albeit on lower attempts, though. Yeah. Uh, so this is
1: a mook roller coaster, though, right? Like, this is, this is like we talked about it last year. This is the person who has a bit more of a roller coaster shooting percentage wise than Reggie. Sometimes I don't know if it's more. That's fair. It's comparable. Because absolutely. it's usually
0: like one game down, one game up. You know, this, we got a couple of games. I mean, we got three games yeah. down. So, <laughs> right? yeah. All
1: right. All right. I see what you're saying. But this is not, I guess it's not surprising where that doesn't make it necessarily that much easier to deal with. Yeah, I mean, especially for a team that, that
0: it has had trouble creating offense. For sure. Look, these teams take nearly identical amounts of three-point attempts. Okay. Uh, the Lakers are 18th in the league, 34.7 attempts. Okay. We are 19th in the league, 34.6 attempts. You know I don't like to round down to a 10th. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, we're not all seemed, about
1: that here. <laughs> it
0: seemed relevant for this set. <laughs> sure. Stat. Uh, we are the more efficient team. We're shooting about 36%, which is 10th in the NBA. Lakers, though, are at 35%, which does drop them to 18. Oh, So yeah. kind of matched on this front, but I just feel like with the shooters that we theoretically have, yeah. uh, we should have an advantage from beyond the arc. What do, you, what do you think we need to do on this one?
1: Hold on to the ball well. Yes. Uh, Lakers opponents turn the ball over 15 times per game. The Lakers are ninth in opponent turnover percentage, while also averaging the seventh most steals and sixth most blocks in the league. They get a lot of good things off of turnover. Yeah. Uh, and when you have someone like Russell Westbrook who can really kind of only play in transition right now, you need those things. Um, we can't have a... They've class. been a
0: good team in transition, though, in this iteration of For sure.
1: We can't have a classic bad ball security backcourt night. Yeah. We can't have like just one guy has to be able to secure the ball between Bledsoe and Reggie. I'm fine with it just being one. Um, Amir needs to probably be handling the ball more if these two aren't able to do it. But I'm really looking at Reggie to set the tone early with good decision making on passes and just not. So coming to some of these errors we've seen where it's just like who you passing that to? Like, why are we forcing this stuff? Because the Lakers will make you pay on that front.
0: Yeah, I, I like that you bring up Amir in this one because this'll be the first game where he's like truly like a factor. Like he's a featured player yes. against this Lakers team. So I'm excited to see sort
1: of what he can do there. Do we think Amir's starting to get scouted yet more? Like by other teams? Like we saw it happen with Kennard recently, right, this season.
0: Probably. Um I, I just still think that there's a limit due to like how um it, Basically, how the schedule is kind of rolled out for a lot of teams. I I wonder if that limits how much you can scout some of these other guys. But, you know, they do say the NBA is the most scouted league. uh, Sure. They being Doc Rivers. Yeah, in pro sports. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, that's what they say. Uh, Another thing is, like, the the defense has kind of been up and down. I hope that we can get a solid performance. More up than down, to be fair. Uh, Clippers are still top 10 in defensive rating. They're currently six. We're allowing around three fewer points per 100 possessions than the Lakers, who are 17th in defensive rating. Okay. Uh, I, I, I'm, ho- I'm just hoping that we can see some solid defensive possessions early to kind of set the tone, keep guys oh. out of rhythm. Uh, who poses the biggest defensive challenge for the Clippers, do you think, in this one?
1: So this goes perfectly into kind of my two what-could-go-wrong things, yeah. which is paint defense and AD showing how dominant he can be when he wants to games. Okay. What he really wants to be, AD can like absolutely be the best player on the floor. Yes. Um, It just takes some combination of certain things to happen. I really hope Zoo can go in this one um, to help the paint defense. Yeah, it'd be huge. We need that. Like, They got a lot of bigs. Yes. They run a lot of bigs, and my answer is Anthony Davis. Um, We need to force him to take jumpers. (laughs) He shoots 77% at the rim. Um, So you can tell where his points are coming from. He shoots 18% from three. 42% from 16 feet to the three-point line, 33% from 10 to 16 feet out, and 46% from 10 to 3 feet out. So, like, we just need him to not live in the paint, which might be kind of difficult. Um, Especially with no zoo. Yes, and I hope we see Batum on AD. I'm really excited to see that because we know Batum can guard centers. But like you said, they're big, dude. Like, DeAndre Jordan might be fueled by Clippers hate. Dwight Howard, we've seen him kind of be really a handful for us um uh just when he was on the nets too weirdly um or excuse me i was that's deandre um and then westbrook like i hope he has his shooting shoes on (laughs) because we don't need him driving in the paint similar to christmas shoes right very similar well a little hat well maybe not for him but yeah like that's i don't know it's just the paint in general i think what about you well this one's like kind of
0: silly but true i i think I hope that we don't catch the Lakers like on the wrong end of like a losing streak so they've lost 3 coming into this game versus the Blazers. I don't know if you want to be that fifth team.
1: Sure. Uh, they have lost a, 5 in a row once this season.
0: Yeah, on a team that 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 has lost 4 in a row. I I mean, you know, that's out of our control. <laughs> we we got to play the team that's in front of us. Uh, another thing that I think we got to look out for is we we just gotta kind of stave off Malik Monk. You know, we for there's sure. a lot of kind of known uh, quantities around this Lakers offense. Like you know that Russ probably put up twenty or near you sure. Know? Uh, unless the you know the shooting is abysmal and the shot selection is terrible, you hope to hold AD to twenty five su- or or sub 25 with our paint defense.
1: Yes, op- optimally under like tw- like under twenty five, under ten. Um. I'm elated yeah. for the Clippers but you know if, if those guys are kind of
0: getting to their regular numbers and Malik Monk is, is having a good game I think that it could be a heavy task for the Clippers to try to match point with offensively we don't want to trade uh, buckets yeah Malik Monk is shooting 41% on six three point attempts per game Uh clearly one of their most capable shooters from deep one of their only capable shooters Yeah, he's at double digits scoring outings in four of the last five games, including a 33 10 and five performance on an eight of 14 shooting from three versus the Hawks. It was still a loss. (laughs) We'll say that was still a loss.
1: I mean, but but the threat is there.
0: It's, I mean, I mean, it's, you know, these other kind of guys that, like, if they're having a good game, in addition to, like, two guys who are, you know, one is arguably a a bigger star than, than anyone the Clippers currently have going for them. Uh, uh, that's that makes things a lot more difficult what's your prediction i think we put this one away i think we do too i think we put this one away we're playing an old move. team on the second night of a back-to-back yeah i hope we can I, I hope the defense shows up early i hope we can move the ball and get some easy shots 100
1: uh coming up we're gonna be talking thirsty thursday uh yet another athletic piece on the clippers that upset us kind of all all right welcome to thirsty thursday do this every thursday talk about what we want to see this one is just "Don't Trade Nick Batum" edition.
0: Yeah, man, this rot, this rot. Rock, <laughs> my world, and it seems like Clippers fans' worlds in general. Uh,
1: lead us in. This blew my mind. So there's an athletic piece, uh, kind of on the Clippers and the trading and the Wizards and just kind of the, just kind of everything that's been going on. But the most jarring part of this article uh, says. League sources indicate the Clips are willing to move a combination of veterans on expiring or potentially expiring contracts for an upgrade at the point. That group includes players like Serge Ibaka, Avica Zubats, and Nicholas Batum, a player uh, whom Washington's had interest in the past. There's no fucking way the Clippers are trading Nick Batum to get a point guard. Right? I
0: mean, like... I think with the names that were listed in this article, you'd have to be out of your damn mind.
1: Like, from a, let's just talk strategy before we talk vibe. Yeah. From a pure strategy perspective, this destroys the small ball lineup. Oh, yeah. Nick Batum is like... He's I've, the glue of the whole thing. Yes, Kawhi PG, obviously the best parts, you know, of the, the small ball lineup. But Nick Batum's defensive capabilities, guarding one through five, His intelligent cuts, like at the baseline, his passing. He can handle the ball a little bit. This, like, it was the best lineup. Yeah. Like, I just. It doesn't make any damn sense. My
0: thing for the Clippers is like, we like a lot of guys who are kind of like these wings who can handle the ball a little bit, play defense. It's the nature of the team. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, highly switchable, kind of future
1: of the league type of stuff. Yeah. Everyone's 6'9 to 6'11. They can all do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah,
0: You see a lot of people doing it. I just. I'm just not seeing a guard that 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 the it is a realistic trade target packaged with Nick Batum for for something that makes sense. You know, he just he does so much that I, I think a lot of people were so surprised at this article because What the, the hell? Nick Batum to me was I mean, you know, other than Kawhi and Paul George, like as close to untouchable as you as untouchable could be. I said the same thing about even, Luke Kennard, but I, I I guess I had thought in my head that Nick Batum was maybe even a slight tier higher than that.
1: How about this? I didn't even think that in my head because I didn't even think it was a possibility of something I would read during this trade deadline. Yeah. Like I didn't even, there was no, at no point have I thought like, "Guess we could throw Batum in there to make a
0: deal happen. (laughs) Look. And I mean, you know, we led into this talking about vibes a little bit too. Every butt player on the team. loves. Oh God,
1: come on. The,
0: like The difference in the mentality of this team from before he was here to when he was here, I mean, it's like a complete 1-8.
1: He sets the tone on the court, too. Yeah. Like, it just... This would be a nightmare. I I struggle also... Okay, so we got to talk about the thing. The Zoo part is also jarring, I would say. Not as jarring. Just a little surprising, maybe. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's... I guess it's jarring that it would... not be a reality just kind of given where our center rotation is at right now Hart still kind of a question mark good but like defensively Ooh. not the level
1: that zoo is but uh and surge you know so ass. once we get Surge, <laughs> once we get surge out of there the zoo thing was surprising me because if zoo and heart are your two centers i love that that's yeah. very well and you still have the ability to go small yes like, like what else you're set at that yeah. point like if we can retain him next year obviously like, that's just a very complimentary center rotation that I really like. Um, one thing, there's a, a Clippers group chat that we're in, but someone pointed out that Zoo, one of the things that makes Zoo valuable is that he's totally fine with, like, not playing a bunch of minutes. Yeah. Like, he'll let a small ball, like, he doesn't, he's there, he's truly there to help the team. Yeah. Like, he's he's never really said anything like that. Um, But when it all comes, like, obviously, Surge, get him off the team, whatever. Um... But to trade Zoo and Batum to get a guard would be an inept move. I'm so, just gonna say
0: it. Yeah. And in this situation where, like we're still keeping Bledsoe and Reggie, and like, I don't know, that's like more guards than this team needs.
1: Yes. We get considerably worse at defense if you trade two of these guys. Considerably.
0: <laughs> and if it's for someone like, you know, like Dinwiddie.
1: Something Who like. did have a triple-double against Doc Rivers' the 76ers the night we're recording this? Yeah. Is that just too,
0: is that a little too serendipitous? He's just like not really
1: an efficient shooter from deep. I don't know. I, no, I just don't really see it. Let's talk about the Dinwiddie shooting because I dove into the numbers head first. Um, it is very hilarious. He had 14, 12, and 10 against the 76ers on a four of 16 shooting. <laughs> the Wizards beat the 76ers, it makes no damn sense. So, the other idea was like if you offer Bled straight up for Dinwiddie, that actually worked. Yeah. Just one of one. Is his offense worth the defensive drop off? There was a source in the athletic article that said he wants the ball in his hands, but he's not good enough to have the ball in his hands. Yeah. Brutal. But also, you look at the numbers, it seems fair. So, Dinwiddie is shooting 57% at the rim and sub 40% the further away you get from the basket before you hit the three point line. Which is where he's at thirty one percent, which is the exact same percentage as Eric Bledsoe. Love it. Which upgrade? Yeah. Awesome. Bled is shooting better from every distance except for sixteen feet to the three point line, which then Spencer or, Dinwiddie, which are shots I don't even want Bledsoe taking. Exactly. Which is thirty seven percent versus twenty eight. So it's not exactly like Dinwiddie's lighting it up. Yeah, for, on long twos. Um, so it's just like part of this is a scenario. The the Wizards roster is bad. Right. Like, obviously, I do think maybe Dinwiddie's numbers get a bump with the fully healthy Clippers. Yeah. So, like, straight up. Everyone hates him, though. That's the other issue. They've, like, publicly want him off the team. (laughs) But so, like, is his, you know, best case scenario offense worth losing the defensive drop off from Blake for this Clippers team? To me, no, because that's not like.
0: If you wanted a scoring guard, I mean you had Lou Williams a season ago. Like I just don't yeah, I just don't really understand it because like looking at the dynamic in the backcourt of the bench for me, like I look, I know that Bledsoe is not a perfect player and I know that he's controversial like, even in Clipper's circles. <laughs> but I think that a pairing of him plus Luke Kennard, I mean like you have shooting out there from anywhere. Uh, and you have somebody who plays defense, which I do who crashes think crashes
1: the boards and the paint.
0: Yeah, which I do think is valuable on a second unit. Um, and you know, like when rotations shorten in the playoffs, I mean, don't you want the guy who plays defense over the inconsistent <laughs> shooter who
1: can't? You know what I mean? That's a perfect. I mean, you're, that's a perfect way to put it. I think you're right on that. Um, do we believe this article? Is the other part that I think we can ask Because so, I will say, I fully freaked out when I saw the Batum team thing. I'm not going to pretend like I didn't. Do we believe that the Clippers would actually trade Batum? I think they'll trade Serge. I hope they trade Serge.
0: I mean, look. I Combination of veterans or expirings. I mean, like I can get how... If that's the source that you're hearing, you're putting Nick Batum in that conversation. I... Like, it would really have to depend on the return, I think, though, for this team to pick up the phone on Batum. I would think, man. I mean, they have made boneheaded moves before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so, I, you know, I don't know for sure, but I, I would be, like, thoroughly surprised. I feel like a little bit of it is... What's the word I'm looking for? Because it's... I mean, they're not like making it up, but like I, I, think that like you know
1: scuttlebutt is the word you're looking for. It's scuttlebutt, it's scuttlebutt
0: <laughs> because like combination of veterans on expiring or potentially expiring contracts. Sure, that makes sense. Nick Yeah, Patoon all three of those is guys technically, on Same a, with Sue. yeah, expiring, or potentially expiring contract. I understand that logic. I would be very surprised, though. I'm just saying, if you want I to, I would look, just be pretty surprised if in a year with no Kawhi and
1: Paul George, they were willing to pick up the phone and say, "Hey, what do you got for Nick Batum?" If you want to win the championship next season. Yeah. Which it increasingly seems like that's going to be the most immediate goal. Yeah. Why would you let Batum go? You know, like it just doesn't it doesn't make the team better. Yeah at all. And um, you still have him. You know what I mean? Still it's, a, have it's not him.
0: like he could leave this <laughs> yeah, free agency, right? Have, like like if it was a fully option. expiring contract this year, I mean, yeah. sure.
1: Or he has a player option. Which, excuse me. Zoo is the team option. He's a player option. No way he doesn't opt in. Uh, I would just be really Thanks surprised. to the Batoon battalion, I will say. Um, I would be really surprised if he did not. My, we don't want to think about it. Now I'm nervous. It. We're going to burn some sage. Um, all right, uh, real quick. Uh, I'm thirsty that we should trade Surge for quote-unquote nothing. Lucas Hahn had a great thread on this, on why trading Surge is better than just cutting him. Oh, of course. Yeah, if you cut him, the money stays on the Clippers cap. If you trade him for nothing, second-round pick, whatever, it creates a $9.7 million trade exception that's good for next year. And you can promote Amir this way. So I think there's a move to be made, and I hope it's just like surge for nothing. Yeah. And <clears throat> Amir and it's everything. Surge for
0: a second and cash considerations.
1: Yeah. My favorite player. A couple in and out burgers, <laughs> you know, um, a couple L.A. dogs, you know. Um, and I think we're just all ready for this trade line to be over with. Marcus Morris tweeted triple-I emojis. Which he does do every year. Which, which, is do- which pretty credit, funny. credit to Mook for the bit. Not, <laughs> it's a good at, bit. Not at all. Insane trade machine ideas are being tossed around, um, <laughs> which we're t- just exhausted. And then finally, we need more Winslow Kennard and Hart minutes. Hard pivot to a bit of some stats real quick. Yeah. But take a sand. In the last four games, in 50 total minutes, this lineup is plus 35. Wow. I didn't do the last five games because that would add the Wizards' comeback game, which puts them at like. <laughs> plus 64 like it, it's just not you know what I mean I it just it felt like cheating. It, that was a real game <laughs> sure um I just love the areas of space that these three can occupy on the court um I, you have Winslow running the pick and roll with Hart who can find Kennard off the short roll I can when I say that sentence I can see it in my head because we've seen it and it's just perfect yeah um and in transition it's nice because Winslow and Hart are some of our better transition players Kennard always knows where he needs to be in transition, which is behind the fucking three-point line. Yeah. Which is great. Um, Yeah, I just want to see more of this. It's a good vibe lineup, too. Hart and Luke have had their connection. Like, This is a fun lineup. Yeah, I mean,
0: Kennard and Hart has been a bright point of, of like what has not been a great offense overall.
1: Yeah, this bench lineup has been fun. And Justice helps power it next to a traditional big. Yeah. Because he just, like, we've talked about it. The big steals guys off. Justice can grab the board. Like, yep. this is a fun time.
0: It's a good time, and it just you know ties into my thing that I feel like doesn't matter whether Kennard is starting or off the bench because he just kind of helps
1: most lineups. Yeah, he's a guy. He's you know he's what we thought Landry Shamit was. Hey, hey now, hey, what that's do you want not me necessary. To do? What do you want
0: me to do? That's not necessary. <laughs>
1: um, all right, coming up, we're going to be talking uh, some PG elbow updates and reminiscing on sports academies of the past. But first, we got to give a shout out to Rock Auto. Well, you Please have do. you have a bunch of. Yeah, I got a couple. I, a couple of them are up on jacks, but sure. Where well, can I? Where can I fix that? That's not your fault at all. Well, if you need to fix your car in the church parking lot, you need to go to RockAuto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Wow, you wore that shirt, huh? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Why spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts? 100% more. 100% more from a chain store or a car dealership. That was almost a slam, poet. <laughs> a slam poem right there. Uh, they have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy to use website today and find a solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on and they how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, so now we're back with shavings, which yeah. is,
0: this is kind of where we wrap up everything else around the Clipper Sphere and sometimes the NDA in general. <laughs> Let's talk about Paul George. Let's talk about elbow updates. What's up with that? Elbow gate. Yeah. Is it 2022? Yeah. What's going on with that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) we've kind of gotten
1: some unofficial word that, you know, early February was a possibility. Sure. Some scuttlebutt that was. So here's the thing. With scuttlebutt, I don't think it can technically be wrong. It's true. It's scuttlebutt. That's true. Uh, the scuttlebutt was off base. Yeah. I think is an appropriate way to say it. Also, Uh, what's early, you know?
0: What the, what's what's sure.
1: early? early? February is a,
0: a short month, so technically, compared to a regular month, the twentieth of February could be early. <laughs> Wait, February. we're saying
1: the twentieth <laughs> is early? No, we're putting early compared to a regular month. No, nah, we're putting early. We're putting early at the thirteenth, directly before the halfway line. All right, fair enough. So they got by the time this pocket, they got ten days for our scuttlebutt to be correct. Um, but there's been no news at all on it. Yeah, we have, which TV. makes sense. I,
0: I think sure. they are definitely. Weighing their options. Although, I if mean,
1: surgery is on the table, just knock that thing out, I kind of feel like we should maybe just uh, move forward with that. That's kind of where I'm at. Cause I'm like, all right, we're going to, cause I think, I don't know how much of his comeback on surgery stuff is like contingent on Kawhi or anything like that. But yeah, the, the longer we wait for surgery, the longer the recovery time.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, championship windows are never as wide as people think that they are. And yeah. We have heard that there's some thought in the front office that the Clippers championship window could be another 3 years after this one, which I think is look, I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade, but that seems very optimistic. That is
1: that's the most that's uh that's positive Chuck Marko with a capital P, right? There. <laughs> uh yeah. That's kind of crazy. Um yeah, I mean if we so the last update was on um January 18th, So, about 2 weeks since since we got an update. There's no if there's another, we don't know what we're going to do in a week minimum get just su- surgery it up. Yeah. Like
0: well so worst case if scenario, we're still reevaluating we're, in a
1: week, surgery it up.
0: Worst case scenario though isn't it like an 8 month recovery.
1: So I have done my best okay to figure out what this recovery time would be no one in the world seems to know completely different than baseball different than baseball it's his shooting elbow yeah is the other thing so it's like different because i think Batum had the same injury but it was his non-shooting elbow Mm -hmm. and also you know at the time of their careers no disrespect the usage was a lot different between like a nick patum and a a paul george and just different players of course um so like I don't, I don't know. I think the I think once if the surgery happens, yeah, I think we'd be in line for some murky timelines because it's not like the Clippers give concrete timelines anyway with things. But what if it's
0: like a Kawhi tinfoil hat kind of theory where he's already had the surgery? They just don't want to talk about
1: it. There's no way. I don't know. I think there's been too much playoff football that we've seen PG at for him to have had surgery. No. <laughs> Invis- he- invisible cast <laughs> you know what that might be it. that might be something to it um i did see someone tweeted they saw pg at i think it was the the nfc championship game and they asked him how his elbow was and he said he'd be on the court soon but that feels like exactly what a professional athlete would tell a fan asking them about their injury at the nfc championship <laughs> game yeah
0: i mean i saw jay scrub at half of sappho he said it's all good <laughs> he's out with turf show
1: you know he'll be fine um Hope PG. I just hope we get an. I just want an update in a week. Yeah, just anything. I just want to know where we're at. Um, closing the show out. The Clippers launched the Clippers Basketball Academy on February second, the day we're recording this. The day you're listening or the day after you're listening to this. Accredited university, correct? Yes, I actually. Yeah, the CBA. <laughs> uh, you can get a degree in basketball. Hooping. Hooping. Well, well, there's basketball and look. then there's hooping. It's, I don't know it's if you're two getting... different fields, yes. two different tracks, sir. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can take Vorp 101. <laughs> the hardest class, of course, is the you know Vorp 301. <laughs> Very different. any. All right, we're getting off tangent. Um, it's in partnership with Shoot 360. So first of all, this camp looks insane. Um, seems like a great resource to send people to. If definitely you know, you're able, send your kid. Uh, to Clippers Basketball Academy. I hope they give out some scholarships. Oh, like what? I bet do. they do I feel like they generally do a decent job with that kind of stuff. I have absolutely no idea. I hope they do. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but it's in partnership with Shoot360. And per the website, Shoot360 combines cutting-edge interactive technology with hands-on coaching. From shooting and passing to ball handling and footwork, Shoot360 offers a unique max mix excuse me, of immersive technology and fun challenges for all ages. What this basically boils down to is kids are dribbling and getting instruction like a foot away from like a big video screen. Mm-hmm. There's like these games. There's like drills involving hurling a basketball at a TV screen. Love it. Which if you're of a certain age <laughs> kind of blows your mind yeah. and I'm of that certain age. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> Would have been like a, a just broken glass and yeah if if we were at shoot three sixty yeah definitely
1: yeah um also this youth, youth basketball clinics used to be mostly just free t shirts and chairs set up and so you dribble or. you got a t shirt with the player's <laughs> name on it yeah camp you know blank yeah then you know some orange slices or Capri Suns or whatever yeah I hope th- I hope the the Clippers get some real hoopers at it.
0: Uh, I think in 20 years, every athlete is going to be so insane that people are going to be like, how did you like old sports,
1: old man? Yeah, <laughs> everyone was a plumber. Yeah. And you'll be like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they're going to be like, yeah, "I heard LeBron- d- this was before people used eugenics to make yeah. athletes. I, I don't know. In 20 years, they're going to be like, yeah, LeBron had to play against plumbers. And it's like, <laughs> no, 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 man. Even 20 years ago, it was crazy. I, this illustrates how crazy sports camps have gotten. Yeah. I once went to a baseball camp at a prominent university in Washington. I'm not going to say the name, but let's just say that it rhymes with <laughs> Uh <laughs> And most of the people camp... people call it Vongzaga? Because that'd be pretty cool. I don't know what school you're referring to, <laughs> but they definitely do because Spokane is one of the sketchiest places on earth. Um, if you know, you know. Um, but most, a good portion of the camp was college pitchers just throwing wiffle balls at us and just making us look like idiots <laughs> that's a good time I mean looking back on it yeah that, it seems did like you wear a glasses at this camp yeah I had to <laughs> I can't see without glasses I was in middle school uh, what do you want me to do man
0: uh, a hot take why not call it shoot 180 because shoot 360 implies that your shot is rotating to just be the exact
1: same as it was when you entered the camp <laughs> I don't know man. <laughs> Look. I don't know man. Ask Julian Zucker, I guess. <laughs> Hold on. Um I was saying that on Twitter I hope they rent this facility out for adult birthday parties. That'd be cool. I'm trying to have a couple G&Ts and then do some shoot 360 drills. Yes. Seems like a good. One. Um anything else in Shamings? No, I think we've uh we've gone on a this concept. All yeah right. Uh Friday's episode, we got a crossover uh a what we're doing a crowd. we're recapping the game with the kamenetsky brothers over on locked on lakers should right be, should be a good time we're going to talk the game we're going to talk how it seems like we're on a crash course towards playing each other on the play-in which will be stressful for everybody maybe you love mary quarantine they're fun guys maybe they'll be down uh gonna be a good time will where can people find that fantastic crossover podcast we're about to- so you can check us or Locked
0: on Likers if you ever want to do that. Uh, you can check that out over on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast app on your it, really. mobile device. You could also check it out on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Deezer, on Amazon Music. You could always tell your smart speaker to play this podcast or that other one. <laughs> uh, and hey, we mentioned up top, but we do come at you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. We'd love to have you listen. We absolutely would. And I have been positive Chuck Mockler.
1: And I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we appreciate you.